When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Great. Uh, How about I, yourself? I am uh, Swifferistic. That is just not a word. Not a word. <laughs> but as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a, a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. So we're doing things a little differently today because we have a brand new interview with Kevin Richardson from the Backstreet Boys. Yay. So we wanted to dedicate the full show to our chat. I caught up with Kevin on his tour bus on the way to Summerfest in Wisconsin to talk all about their just announced Christmas album, their current DNA World Tour, and the group celebrating 25 years this month of scoring their very first top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com podcasts. And now it is time for our interview with Kevin Richardson of the Backstreet Boys. I want to interject. Kevin was Katie's Backstreet Boy. That's right. Back in the day. That's as and the K-pop still, fans. And still today. As the K-pop fans would say, he's my bias. Here's your bias? Yes. And also, <laughs> uh, it, it, it was just luck of the draw that you got Kevin. Yes, I was told by PR that I would get maybe one or two Backstreet Boys, and I'm thinking, I hope one of them is Kevin, and then I got one and only Kevin. The, the Backstreet God smiled upon right? you. <laughs> so as you heard on last week's show, Backstreet just announced their very first Christmas album called A Very Backstreet Christmas, coming out in October. Now, we broke you off a little piece of that conversation last week about the three original songs on the album, but we talked about a lot more and wanted to give you the full chat now. We talked all about how five people can all get their personal Christmas favorites on one album, why now is the right time for a holiday record, and the Christmas final that Kevin remembers playing with his family growing up. The guys are also currently on their DNA World Tour, which is making its way along the East Coast with stops in New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maine, and New York all on the way. When I talked to Kevin, he was on the way to Summerfest in Milwaukee and had just been spending some time on the lake with some buddies and Howie, too, actually. So it was like two-fifths of the Backstreet Boys on a lake. <laughs> it's been an eventful tour tour already for the boys, especially at one of their Toronto stops when Drake came out on stage for I Want It That Way. And as it turns out, that all happened because Kevin and his family were at the right restaurant at the right time. Clearly a great recommendation 
from their concierge at the hotel. I'm looking forward to this story. And finally, we talk about the band celebrating the 25th anniversary this month of their first top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 with Quit Playing Games With My Heart. Kevin shares a really, really sweet story about hearing the song on the radio for the first time with his mom, who sadly just passed away earlier this year, and it is just very touching. He seems like the sweetest. So, as you can see, it is a full chat. I will stop talking now and let you hear my talk with Backstreet Boys' Kevin Richardson. Hello to Backstreet Boys' Kevin Richardson, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Hey. Uh, I am so excited to be chatting with you today because you and the guys just announced some very big news. You are putting out your very first Christmas album this year. Yes. And it feels like such a perfect fit for the group. And I, Howie had even said in the press release that you've been wanting to do this for nearly 30 years. So had it been discussed over the years and, and why, why now, why did it finally come together now? Yeah. I mean, uh, in the past, I think uh, it was around 96, we released a Christmas song um, and it was called Christmas time. Um, and then what in, 2012 or 13 we released another song called christmas time again um and we had always talked about doing a full-length christmas album because i we all love christmas music um but just the way our tour cycles work and album cycles work like by the time we finish a tour and then talk about the next album and then get in the studio and work on that and then promote that and then build and create a tour rehearse that and then tour that and then okay we take some time off and then we start that whole thing over again we just never had the time to get it done so quarantine and covid was a perfect opportunity you know to uh have some downtime and make some decisions and and you know all of us go through our favorite Christmas songs of all time and kind of narrow down the songs that we wanted to cover and then write some originals. And uh, yeah, we got it done finally. Well, so you've got five different people offering up their own favorite holiday songs. So how did you guys kind of decide on which Christmas classics that you were going to include on the track list? So we all just made a list and then, uh, checked it twice. Our management created a grid and had our names and then all the songs. And for every one that were duplicates that we all had in our list, there was, you know, a check mark by. And basically, whichever songs got the most votes, we kind of agreed on those. And then at the last minute, there were a few songs that came to mind that we'd forgotten about that we all agreed on. Oh yeah, we should do that one. And so, yeah, that's how it happened. That's very democratic, but I'm sure being in a group for nearly 30 years, you kind of figure out the best way to handle things like that. With five of us, you don't have any ties. <laughs> there are no ties. All <laughs> yeah. um, you also have three original songs, as you mentioned on the album. Uh, they're called Christmas in New York, Together, and Happy Days. So without giving too much away, what can fans expect from those brand new songs? Okay, Christmas in New York is basically, it has the vibe of when you hear it, you're gonna, it makes you feel like you've heard it before. Like there's a familiarity to it. It's, um, it's more of a classic um, Christmas 
vibe and melodies and feeling that one christmas in new york it even the like, title sounds classic it sounds like an it sounds like dean martin or frank sinatra when you hear it you're like i could guys singing it but it's a modern it's a modern take on that and it's about uh how magical if you've ever been work around the holidays it is magical and that's yeah. what the song's about and then happy days is you know we were thinking about you know what everyone because we we started working on this during the kind of the height of of covid and a lot of people had been separated for a long time from their loved ones and this was about finally being able to come together and celebrate the holidays again so that's what that song's about and uh let's see there's christmas in new york happy days and, and together 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 is similar but it's more about it's more about um being with the one that you love like your partner mm -hmm. uh, around the holidays yeah amazing and did you have your own favorite christmas songs and albums that you put on with your family when you were growing up that you kind of like looked back on absolutely my my father was a huge dean martin fan so we had his his several of his christmas albums always you know we had a a record player and you'd put the lps on top of each other stacked and once one was done the other one would fall and you would play that one and so we had several of dean martin several of elvis presley several of bing crosby um we even had liberace uh the piano player mm -hmm. his christmas albums uh yeah so um who else uh some country artists uh, like Glenn Campbell and um, yeah. So those are just always just on repeat over and over again. And I loved it. It just gave me such just good, warm feelings when I was a little kid. And so I've continued that with my family. We always have Christmas music pumping from, you know, just after Thanksgiving, sometimes before all the way through New Year's. And uh, it just gives me that feeling. It takes me back. You know, music is a time capsule. It captures a moment and an emotion and it transports you. Yeah. So. And hopefully the Backstreet Christmas vinyl will be on repeat for families in the uh, Christmases I, to come. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So in addition to the Christmas album news, you're also currently on your DNA World Tour. I'm actually speaking with you as you are on a tour bus. Um, you are heading to Summerfest in Milwaukee and you even had a day off, you were telling me. So you're enjoying, you know, Wisconsin, enjoying the Midwest while you're there. Absolutely. We've got friends that uh, are uh, that are our neighbors and friends in L.A., but they um, my buddy Ryan grew up in Chicago area and his family would come up to Lake Geneva. It's only like an hour and a half from Chicago. And they, uh, they would come up to Lake Geneva in the summer times and even in the winter. Um, and he invited me up, what, seven years ago was the first time I came for his birthday party. And, uh, you know, it was like my sixth time up here. And this is the second time on tour that we've come through and stayed with him. That's awesome. So that just, it's just been a, uh, a blessing because you know being on the road you need those moments to reconnect with 
with nature and with friends and a little bit of normality because you get out of here on a tour bus and go from hotel to to venue to and it just can you you're in a little bubble so just stepping out of that a little bit and reconnecting with friends and family and nature is uh it's a nice recharge recharge your batteries for the tour keep you going Absolutely. And, and you guys have, uh, have been going since April when you kicked it off in Vegas. And, uh, you know, I wonder, have you been noticing a difference in the crowds, you know, have they, because they've been starved of live music for uh, quite some time. A lot of people, this is probably their first concert back in a few years. The energy has been incredible. It's been incredible. Every night we're on stage. I'm just, sometimes I get emotional, you know, thinking about it because you know, there was a, a point in time that I didn't know if this was going to happen again. Yeah. And so it just feels really good. The crowds, the energy, they're just so happy to be together, you know, uh, sharing positive vibes and love and music and having a good time. And yeah. And, that's you know, awesome. escaping, escaping for a little bit, you know, totally. That's, that's what we all need. And uh, you had a massive moment at one of your Toronto shows when Drake popped up, hometown hero Drake popped up for I Want It That Way. Can you tell us about how that one came together and just like what those Toronto fans reaction must have been when when he popped out? Yeah, we got into Toronto um, pretty late one one afternoon and we got settled into the hotel and my wife and I were wanting to take the kids out to a good dinner. So we asked the hotel concierge what they recommended and they recommended this uh, great Italian spot in Toronto. And I said, it's, it's pretty late. Like it was nine 30. I'm like, are you sure they're going to serve us? They're like, don't worry about it. They'll, it's fine. They'll serve you. So we got there around 10 o'clock and uh, you know, place was shutting down. They're like, no worries. We got you enjoy your dinner. And then while we were there, the, the wait staff and the manager were telling me, you know, they knew who I was and loved our music and were big fans. And um, they're like, actually, we have quite a few guests come through here, quite a few musicians and actors and stuff. And they're like, actually, Drake was in here last night. I'm like, oh, really? My kids were like, what? <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's amazing. And they're like, actually, he's supposed to come here tonight. I'm like, two nights in a row. He's like, oh, yeah, this is his this is his spot. He loves this place and he comes in here all the time. And I'm like, Oh, cool. He's like, I'll let you know when he gets here. Maybe you guys say hello to each other. I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah. I'm like, tell Drake that Kevin from Backstreet, cause I'd met him at the American music awards a few years back. And I'm from Kentucky, as you can see on my, yes, yes. when he had that, the whole university of Kentucky and Kentucky basketball and Kentucky football fan base. When he had the song that had, I rock Kentucky blue in it. Yep. I just love that. And so when I saw him at the American music awards, I'm like, Hey, what made you, you know, have that in your song? He's like, cause I became really good friends with John Calipari. I met him one time, the coach of the UK basketball. Yep. Like I met him one time and he was just a great guy. And we've been friends ever since. And so I put it in my song and besides, you know, Kentucky's one of the greatest basketball traditions on the planet. And so I said, tell him Kevin from Backstreet's here the Kentucky boy that, and so when he got there, we were just finishing up and I was signing the check. They're like, Drake's here. He'd like to come down and say, Hey, I'm like, don't worry. We'll, we'll come up and see him. It's all good. I'm signing my check. So we went up and he told me, I don't know if you have seen the video online yeah, of, yep. of him. But so he told me the, that exact story about 
I want it that way. And about when he was 13 years old and the girl that danced with him and he felt, you know, and it was, I want it that way. And he's whole story. I'm like, that is incredible. And my kids were just like, <laughs> they were they were in awe and they were amazed by that. And uh, he's like, I would love to come. Uh, he's like, what are you doing? Here? I'm like, we got two shows. He's like, I would love to come to one of them. He's like, and I would love to introduce, I want it that way. I'm like, okay, sure. And he's like, actually, no, I would like to perform it. I'm like, wow. I, I said, I'm sure the fellows would have no problem with that. So lo and behold, that's what he did. That is too wild. I clearly asked the right person. You are the man who put this together. <laughs> That's amazing. I, mean, I didn't put it. He wanted to do it. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. Um, I um, got Fred with my kids now. I'm sure. Yeah, their dad's a Backstreet Boy, but like they're like Drake. That's cool now. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you obviously have so much going on and so much to look forward to. But we also wanted to take a quick moment to look back because this month marks the 25th anniversary of your first top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 with Quit Playing Games in My Heart. I wonder what you remember about that time and that massive hit song that, you know, introduced you to the American uh, music, you know, audience and and eventually peaked at number two on the Hot 100. Yeah, so that was our first single in the United States and it did really well. And actually it was our technically our second single in the U.S. Our first single was We Got It Going On back in 1995. And it peaked in like the 50s or 60s on billboard charts mm -hmm. but it blew up in europe so we went over to europe and then finally it came back around to we broke in the u.s with quit playing games and what what year did you say it was in uh well if it's the 25th anniversary <laughs> i should be able to do this math 97 97 yep <laughs> and so I remember the first time hearing it on the radio, um, even though we had had success pretty much all over the world at this point, but to finally break in the U.S. Come home. And to, and to come home. Yeah. And to, break, to break big was so special. And I remember my mom was visiting me in Orlando, Florida. And um, we had went shopping or to dinner and it came on the radio and we were in a parking lot and we're getting in back in our car and I started the car. It was on the radio. We opened the doors and we got out and danced in the parking lot. Oh my God. I love it. That's amazing. That is yeah, a very, very an, cool that's moment. An amazing memory for me. And I'm getting a little emotional about it because my, my mom just passed in oh, January. I'm so sorry. 22nd of January. So yeah, mm. that, it's a special moment that I'll, I'll never forget. Absolutely. Um, you know, thank you so much for your time today. Final, I just wanted to say next month is also the 25th anniversary of the release of your U.S. debut album, which kicked off a still unbroken string of 10 consecutive top 10 albums here in America on the Billboard 200. I mean, I just want to end on that note because clearly, you know, you did it big 25 years ago, but you're still doing it. So just congratulations to you and the guys for your continued success. Thank you so much. It, uh, you know, we dreamed always, you know, when we finally broke and um, had success and then it was like, okay, it's time for our second album. We would be in interviews and everybody would ask, are you worried about the sophomore slump? Are you worried about the sophomore slump? And we we're like, are you worried about being a one hit wonder and all that? And we were just like, you know what? We would love to have a long career. And yep. so that's what we've tried to manifest and we just keep grinding and keep, you know, 
trying to create music that we love and uh, enjoy what we're doing. And here we are. Who would have thought? Love it. You obviously did it. Well, congratulations. Have fun tonight on tour and the continued fun on tour. And thank you so much for talking to us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you. Same to you. So thank you so much to Kevin for your time. As we just said, he was my favorite favorite. And I have to say that I chose wisely at age 16 because he seems like an outstanding gentleman. So he, he didn't disappoint. Did not disappoint. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if I had a favorite Backstreet Boy like back in the day. I was probably a bit too old for that. I was a Kevin and a JC. And those were my picks. Interesting. I suppose I also was a Jeff from 98 Degrees. We talked to him, too, for the podcast. Didn't He came into the office. Mm-hmm. The whole group did. The whole group did. Yeah. Um, yeah, 98 Degrees, they're, they're aging well. Um, <laughs> I mean, all of these gentlemen are. Jeff's out here doing Chippendales, like, now. <laughs> so What, in Vegas? Yeah. Is he, he still he did doing like that? A, no, he did, like, a celebrity Chippendales thing. I don't think he took any of his clothes off. I don't he? know. I didn't go see it. I like the way you know this factoid, but now you don't know if I he— I mean, he performed with Chippendales. I'm assuming he was, if nothing else, in the famous, like, bow tie situation. He was probably in a bow tie, and he was probably the MC. Right. He's not out there in a G-string. <laughs> I Report think, back if he was. <laughs> we probably would have heard more about this had it actually happened. Um, all right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. And it's an all Backstreet Boys edition. Yeah, yeah. just how we like it. <laughs> I hear they've got it going on. Um, well, the group made its Billboard chart debut on October 14th, 1995 on the Bubbling Under Hot 100 chart with We've Got It Going On, which arrived on the main Hot 100 two weeks later. On October 28, 1995, the song eventually peaked at number 69, paving the way for the group's next U.S. Hot 100 hit, Quit Playing Games With My Heart. The song would enter the Hot 100 in June of 1997, reach the top 10 on the July 12th dated chart, and peak at number 2 for two non-consecutive weeks in September. One week, it was behind the notorious B.I.G.'s Mo Money, More Problems, featuring Puff Daddy and Mace, and one week it was behind Mariah Carey's Honey. I so, mean, those were massive hits. Yes, and both also produced by Puff Daddy. Yep. Uh, in total, Backstreet Boys have notched 18 hits on the Hot 100, including hits like Everybody, Backstreet's Back, Shape of My Heart, Incomplete, and Don't Go Breaking My Heart. They've also scored 19 entries on the Pop Airplay chart, including two number ones, I Want It That Way, and Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, and 10 consecutive top 10 albums on the Billboard 200 chart. A record that still stands to this day. They could have an 11th with the Christmas album in October. I I hope we're not jinxing it. (laughs) So there you have it, a Backstreet Boys-focused chart stat of the week. All right, we've reached the end of our special BSB-themed show. (laughs) Any parting Backstreet words? Well, you know, I just... I never understood when uh, when Backstreet and NSYNC got like pegged against each other. It was basically just an amazing time to be a teenage girl because they were both great. I went to all their concerts. I liked all of them. I bought all their albums. We didn't need to do a versus. This is just too amazing. Oh, you're like, ooh, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC versus. Could we? <laughs> that would be fun. I was saying it with an S, but with a Z would be cool, too. Um, no, that would be awesome. I, it might be like 
fractions of maybe maybe four fifths of NSYNC potentially. Can we, can we get Brittany and Christina to do one? Oh my god. It would set the internet ablaze. Can we get Mariah versus Janet? <laughs> I keep, no, sorry. Now I'm on a tangent. All right. So what's what Backstreet song should we go out on? Um, you know what? I feel like we should go out on "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" because it's such a good song, and it is from like three years ago. Like these dudes still make great music. So let's just you know hype it up. We'll go out on that. We'll see you guys next time. Hi. Baby, don't-